What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You guys can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S, FantasyBB. We post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes. Every bit of content we got on the baseball side gets shared out through Twitter at EthosFantasyBB. So make sure you're following over there. And if you're not somebody who uses Twitter very much, you can get all that same content pretty much over at SportsEthos.com. I say pretty much all the same content because you don't get the tweets throughout the day that our guys are sending out there with their little bits of information as games are going on, players that you should be looking at picking up throughout the day, little bit, little bits of information that you get through Twitter exclusively. It's hard to carry that over to the website, but you get all the podcasts, articles, and everything else that we got going on at SportsEthos.com. <clears throat> now, today... We are going to look at a couple of pieces of news and notes. There's really not so much to go over today. There's maybe four bits of news that we can go over, but there's there's really not so much that you can do on a day-to-day basis. I kind of envy the people who do a show once a week, and there's just so much. that they, Or even if you do a show twice a week, and there's just so much that happens throughout the course of the week. You know, we do three, four, maybe five bits of news every day. Some days are busier, but if you do a show once a week, you got so much to work from. So I am... <coughs> excuse me, a little bit envious of those people who get to do a show a little bit less frequently because it's a little bit juicier, but we're still going to go through what we've got to go through today. The first thing isn't really something that you can do so much about other than put him back in your lineups, and that's Jose Altuve. He is back uh, today from his stint on the injured list. He missed just about two months. Uh, He got hurt at the World Baseball Classic, so it was just about two months ago now uh, that Altuve uh, has missed with his fractured right thumb. Now, he's obviously somebody that, if he's, it's really going to be a small percentage of you, but if he's sitting on a waiver wire somewhere in a really shallow league, he absolutely should not be. He was at 93% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He's gone up to 95. So there were some people that were able to catch people sleeping at the wheel. Maybe those are in leagues where there are no injured list spots and people thought, uh, you know, I don't know. There's no reason to stash him. There, there was. There was absolutely reason to stash a player of Jose Altuve's magnitude. But I guess in some of those shallower leagues, people might not have thought that they really needed to to use a spot on Altuve considering, let's say it's an eight-team league or maybe some people even play in 16 leagues or something. Understandable. But now that he is back, and even I say understandable, but only slightly understandable, he should have been rostered. But regardless, if he is sitting on any of your waiver wires, make sure he is not. Make sure that he is plugged back into your lineups. He's batting leadoff today. Right back into his usual spot. They are playing Oakland over this next weekend series as well. So we know how robust the Oakland pitching staff is. He might get off to a running start here. So make sure that you don't sleep at the wheel and leave Jose Altuve on your bench. Liam Hendricks. This is a great story. This has progressed a lot faster than I think a lot of us could have anticipated. Uh, it's it's such a tricky thing to to try and wrap your head around when somebody gets diagnosed with cancer. If it's going to be, you know, that could potentially be a career ending. It could be a, a life potentially ending thing. Uh, when you first hear that, you really don't know what's going to happen. But for the fact that Hendricks is going to be back after just a few months after being diagnosed, I can't remember now the exact time that he was diagnosed. I feel like it was at the end of 2022, beginning of 2023 time frame, and he's already back. Uh, it's remarkable. Now, he's going to be throwing a bullpen session for the White Sox today. I'm not sure exactly when he will be back, but I think it's going to be in the next few days. So this one is a little more actionable because Liam Hendricks is actually sitting on some waiver wires. 74% rostered in Yahoo leagues, which you think, okay, 
understandable that it's, you know, three quarters of leagues would have him rostered. Some people might have not wanted to take the jump, especially if you don't have IL spots. In that kind of case, I would understand it. But at this point, he needs he needs to be rostered. 74% needs to be jumping up into the 80s and then eventually to the 90s. He, the White Sox do not have a ton of stability at the back end of the bullpen. He's going to go right back into the closer role and... Maybe it'll take him a little bit of time to you know to get comfortable again this season, but I think we know how good Liam Hendricks is. I wouldn't be too concerned about him doing what we're, we're used to seeing from him. If you're playing on ESPN, he is 23% rostered, 23.4% rostered. He's actually gone down about half a percent uh, over the last week. He needs to be added up in more of those leagues. Now, I understand ESPN is you know a less serious place for a lot of people. It's not, and, and that's not to disparage anybody who plays on ESPN. I wasn't going to play there this year, and then I ended up doing a home league, like a, a draft one month into the season kind of thing where you get like a second chance. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a cool thing I haven't done before, but it was kind of fun. We did it at a Roto League on ESPN, and I, I, I play there. I've played there for years for different fantasy sports, and I, I don't want to say like it's a bad platform, but generally it's less serious. And you can tell by seeing that from 23% rostered for a guy like Liam Hendricks, who should be stashed, absolutely. A lot of those leaks have IL spots as well. There's no reason why he shouldn't have been stashed because, you know, if you have IL spots, that's the thing. If you don't have IL spots with this kind of situation, then understandable, you might not have wanted to carry that zero for potentially the whole season. But if you have an IL spot, there's there's no need to, to leave a guy like Liam Hendricks on waiver wire. So pick him up, even if you're in a points league, whatever it is. And people will make that argument with ESPN. Oh, it's a lot of points leagues. A guy like Liam Hendricks, with his strikeout upside, with the, with the way he is able to dominate, with the saves he's going to get, there is still absolute relevance for him in a points league. He has relevance in every single league of every single size, I would say. Now, again, it might take him a few times out there to to fully get settled back in again, but I don't know that they're going to rush him back necessarily before he's ready. They probably won't. They'll let him get you know the few uh, bullpen sessions that he'll throw and get his arm ramped up again, and I think he'll be good to go once he gets back out there. So wherever you are, whatever platform it is, make sure Liam Hendricks isn't just sitting on the waiver wire because he absolutely should not be. Now, we got an interesting one here. Gary Sanchez is going to be getting called up for the Mets. Now, how much he's going to be playing, I'm not too sure. This is kind of annoying from a standpoint of somebody who rosters Francisco Alvarez in a couple of leagues. You have to think that this is going to eat into his playing time to some degree. Unless they're just bringing Gary Sanchez up to be a strict bench bat, I don't know. Uh, Now, Thomas Nido and Omar Narvaez are both out right now, so maybe he'll just be used off the bench. But I feel like when you a guy like Gary Sanchez, just because of, you know, not that he carries so much weight, like he didn't get signed in the offseason. He's a guy like, I don't know, he's not that interesting. But I feel like there is a chance that the Mets do something stupid here and start cutting into Francisco Alvarez's playing time a little bit. I don't think Gary Sanchez is, is viable really at all in any format unless you're talking like a 30-team, two-catcher league. I, I don't really think he's going to cut it in most formats for you. But I just worry that this potentially could have some kind of impact on Francisco Alvarez's playing time. He's already batting at the bottom of the order. He's playing fairly regularly, but they're not showing that much that is really so encouraging with him. You know, you would have hoped that he might have moved up a couple spots in the order maybe. And he hasn't been amazing, but, you know, he's batting ninth. He's, I don't know, I just would have liked to see a little bit more confidence from them, and I just worry that maybe um, bringing up Gary Sanchez might might just make this a little bit too complicated um, to roster Narvaez in shallower formats. Or, or not, excuse me, not Narvaez. Narvaez is another one of the injured ones. To roster Alvarez in a, in a shallower format. It's way too soon. Like, I wouldn't be dropping him yet if you have him. 
uh, you know, but I, I think that this is something we got to really keep a close eye on because the Mets can do some really stupid things. We see it with Brett Beatty. We see it with Tommy Pham. We know that they're prone to some kind of boneheaded lineup decision-making. So we're going to have to keep a close eye and see what kind of impact Gary Sanchez is going to have here. Uh, last thing here is that Eric Hosmer was finally DFA'd. It's been a long time coming. He's been not very good for, for quite a while. It was kind of funny. I remember at the beginning of last season, he looked really good for a short stretch, and I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, okay, you know, he can actually have a really good season for us here. And, uh, if, you know, it, it didn't pan out last year. It didn't pan out this year. And you have to really wonder at this point if Eric Hosmer is ever going to, to be in the major leagues again. I mean, he's not old, old. He's 33, but he has been around for quite a while. He came up as a 21-year-old in 2011, and he's he's been around a long time. I don't know that he is going to get another chance considering how bad it's been for quite some time. Now, like the last time he had a really good productive season, I guess, 2021. Even then it was just it was it was okay, I guess. I guess you could point to 2021, but these last couple of seasons have been really, really ugly for him. And maybe he gets a minor league deal, maybe he catches on somewhere, but I think it might be the end of the road for Eric Hosmer. If it is the case, he won four gold gloves, he was an all-star. Uh, he was All-Star Game MVP, World Series champion, won a Silver Slugger. You know, he had a good career. He also won a gold medal, uh, the World Baseball Classic for the state. So he, he had a very good career. But I think at this point, it's probably the end of the road uh, for Eric Hosmer. If you are still holding on in any kind of formats, and I think there are it's a small percentage of people, but it is 2% of people in Yahoo Leagues. If you're still holding him, God bless you if you were still holding Eric Hosmer. But at this point, you definitely got to be sending him back to waiver wires, where he will probably remain... For the rest of the time, so pour one out tonight for Eric Hosmer in the fantasy uh, world. <laughs> now let's talk about some weekend streamers. There are three that I've highlighted for Saturday, and there are three for Sunday. Now the three that I've got for Saturday are more for your deeper leagues, guys that are not really on the radar if you're talking 10s. Maybe they're borderline in 12-team leagues, and you could make the argument for 12-team leagues. That's what we're talking about for Saturday's options. It's just the way that the slate and the, the starting pitching schedule is laid out. Sunday, we're looking at more shallow league options, guys that are rostered in about 50 to 60% of leagues. So let's start with Saturday. Let's start with the number one option here. And it does make me nervous to even say his name, but Brandon Fott. Uh, I am going to be going and adding him up in a couple of daily change leagues because he started against Pittsburgh, because he looked a lot better in his last time out against San Francisco. Now, we thought Pittsburgh was going to be this juggernaut of a team, and we thought a lot of people did. I didn't. I, if, you, if you go back and listen to the podcast and look at my tweets, I, it was pretty clear that this team is not going to do anything that extraordinary. They have definitely come back to earth, and overall, they're really not that impressive. Uh, if you're looking offensively, they're, they're still rated about middle of the pack if you look for the course of the entire season, but that is heavily weighted by their early season success. They're still 19th in runs, 19th in average, 14th in on base, 16th in slugging. They're 23rd in home runs. They're just not a great offense. Brandon fought despite his struggles against Texas and Miami. He looked a lot better against San Francisco, and I think there's a decent chance that we are going to see Maybe not an amazing outing, but I think definitely a serviceable enough outing where I would be willing to stream him in in some deeper. I think in 12s, you can make the argument, and I think for sure he is an option in your 15-team league. So take a look at Brandon Foddy, 17% rostered on Yahoo. He's available in a lot of cases, and I think that there's a good chance for a good start here against a, a not a great Pittsburgh offense. Uh, Alex Fiedo, he is the Detroit pitcher. He's going to be going up against Washington. 
Now, he, again, deeper league guy. He's 2% rostered, but he's actually looked pretty damn good in his last couple of starts. It wasn't amazing against St. Louis, you know, but this last time out, and even against St. Louis, it wasn't bad. He still gave you a four and two-thirds of just one strikeout, but, you know, it was just a couple runs. It wasn't really a bad outing. Uh, his last start out against Seattle, he gave you six innings. He allowed three runs, four hits. He struck out, uh, what was it, seven batters against Seattle. He gave you a really good outing against a good offense. Or, yeah, well, not a great offense, but a pretty good offense. And now he gets Washington. And for Washington, I am really just not scared whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, Fido is, is not that great, so you have to always kind of worry – generally what that's going to look like but Washington is is truly not a spectacular team 24th in runs this season they're actually ninth in batting average but 29th in home runs 25th in OPS 28th in slugging they're just not a very scary offense and Alex Fajardo coming off of a couple of decent starts even that first one really not too bad the second one definitely better but in both of them keeping runners off base through his first 10 innings he got a .75 whip Got the strikeouts going last time out, and I'm hoping he does that again against Washington tomorrow. So Alex Fajardo, take a look at him uh, for a Saturday streamer against Washington. The last one is Braxton Garrett. Braxton Garrett is a very tricky guy to figure out. He either gives you a great start or he gives you a pretty miserable start. There hasn't been much in between, but he's coming off of a really good one against Cincinnati. A not-so-great one against Arizona, but the strikeouts have been there for him recently. Over his last 10 innings, he got 14 Ks. Over the course of the season... It still has not looked great. And again, he is a deeper league option. If you're looking for shallow league streamers, we'll talk about them in a second. But for Saturday, there's not really guys that I would be going after in your 10s. And 12s, again, I think it's kind of borderline. If you wanted to go for Brandon Fott in a 12-team league, I would be okay with it. Fajardo, I think he's really iffy in a 12-team league. If you, if you need the stats, then you, then you go for it. But I don't think he's somebody that I'd be just adding for the sake of adding. Braxton Garrett is... Really situational as well. I think if you need some strikeouts, you're hoping for a victory against, again, it's a fairly poor San Francisco offense. That's what I usually look for in these streaming matchups, guys that are typically about 60% or less rostered, and their offenses that are middle of the pack or worse. In San Francisco, they're 15th in runs this season, 17th in on-base percentage. They're actually hitting home runs. They're 6th in home runs, but overall, fairly middle of the pack offense. They don't scare me too much. There's really... You know, uh, Tyro Estrada and Lamont Wade Jr., I mean, you know, Michael Conforto. These guys, It's that's the bulk of their offense right there that I just listed. And it's really not a lot to write home about. So I wouldn't be too, too worried about Braxton Garrett. He looked a lot better in his last start. And I think in San Francisco, you're probably going to see a decent outing from him. But again, he is a cherry bomb. He is not somebody that you can go out there and say... We know what we're going to get out of him because it could be great, it could be it could be spectacular, like or it could be just a, a miserable outing like we saw against Atlanta a few outings ago. So definitely an iffy one, but I think of all the guys going tomorrow, he is the number three option for you. Let's move to Sunday and let's start with Josiah Gray. It baffles me how Josiah Gray is still so widely available. He's 53% rostered on Yahoo!, to this point, 52 and two-thirds innings. He's got a sub-three ERA. It's 2.73, and he's got a 1.35 whip, which is still a little bit high. But what he's done is he's going deep into games. He's given you reasonable strikeout numbers, and especially recently, it's been a lot better. You know, he started the year off with four, six, three, three. Those are the strikeout totals for his first four outings. Over the last five, we're looking at nine, six, six, three, and five. Definitely trending in the right direction over his last 31 innings. 29 Ks. He's got a 2.03 ERA. He should be rostered. He's more than a streamer. I think that he is a fairly viable 12-team option. 
maybe you want to say, okay, he's not going to give you so many wins, but when he's giving you everything else at that point, he's going deep into ball games. You know, he could be somebody that gets you close to 200 innings this season if the Nationals just keep throwing him. He's gone at least five innings in every start this year. Would not shock me if he is one of those random dudes that gets close to 200 this season. And I think over the course of the year, and specifically for a matchup against the Tigers in Washington, I'm going to be very interested in using him. I would be adding him up wherever you can. Uh, 53% rostered is a really low number. That's yeah, that's ES, or excuse me, that is Yahoo. Let me check ESPN for Josiah Gray. I, I never really know. Sometimes it's going to be a lot higher. Sometimes it's going to be a lot lower. It's 21% on Yahoo. Jesus, I can't even keep my platform straight. It is 21% on ESPN. 21% on ESPN, 53% on Yahoo. Sorry for the confusion there. Mumble. It's the end of the day on the fr- on Friday, guys. We're heading into brain weekend mode. But for sure, Josiah Gray is somebody that you should be taking a look at. I think he could be a really solid rest of season play. He's been a top 100 player inside of the last month. So definitely somebody to consider. Let's look at Lance Lynn. I, it's crazy to think that Lance Lynn could be considered a streamer, but he's fallen to 66% rostered in Yahoo leagues. And I know a lot of you are going to say, okay, he's rostered in my league 66%, but that's a lot of leagues. You know, I wouldn't be saying it if it was above 70. That's kind of my threshold. Even at 70, you're kind of thinking, okay, how many people am I really appealing to? But, you know, I think once you're below that threshold, there's a solid enough number of people that could benefit from that. I added Lance Lynn up in my home league. It's a 10-team league about a week and a half ago. Now, I, I know, I know what you're going to say. He's facing Kansas City. Last time he faced Kansas City, it did not go well. I'm going to read more into that, that that is fluke than anything else. This Kansas City offense is, is awful. They're 24th in runs. They're 29th in on-base percentage, 27th in OPS. They're 22nd in home runs. They're bottom 10 in every category except for slugging where they're 19th. And, of course, stolen bases where they're 13th. Not a potent offense. Lance Lynn seemed to get back on track in a big way against Cleveland last time out. Seven innings, seven Ks, just a one run allowed. I think that you're looking at a really good option here if you can still get Lance Lynn. And again, a rest of season kind of play. He's not somebody that I would look at as, you know, somebody that, you know, just stream him in and then you can drop him again. Like, I think Lance Lynn is, is definitely somebody who should be on rosters pretty much regardless of how deep your league is. If it's an eight-team league, okay. But anything 10 teams and above, he should be absolutely used at the bare minimum as against Kansas City. But you shouldn't be thinking of him as just a streamer. I think he should still be somebody that is on a lot more rosters than he is. It's been a rocky, a rocky start, to say the least. But the strikeouts have been there. And we remember, he did this last year when he first came back from his injury. Really, really bad. People were dropping him, and then he came back and ended up with a sub-4 ERA. So don't write off Lance Lynn. Definitely consider him if you need a streamer and he's available against Kansas City on Sunday. Now, one more option here for you guys is Andrew Heaney. Now, Andrew Heaney is, again, he's kind of in the Braxton Garrett category of sometimes it can go beautifully, sometimes it can go terribly. He, for me here, it's against Colorado. It is in Texas. This is more of a you need strikeouts. If your you know, ratios are already shot to hell kind of thing because – I don't have a lot of faith in Colorado's offense, but I also don't have a ton of faith in Heaney. This is more so a strikeout play. Colorado's offense is okay. If you look at their stats as a whole, also in, in you know incorporating what they do at home, they're middle of the pack. 18th and on base, 16th in slug, 17th in OPS, 26th in home runs, which is a pretty shocking stat. That's at home and away. That's all together, but still... That's all together. You know, you'd figure, you know, the home stats would really weigh everything up because of how beneficial that ballpark is to hitters. But 
alas, no. They are just a junky offense. They are the bottom of the NL West. They're a bad team. And I think Andrew Heaney should be able to get, you know, close to double-digit strikeouts against them. He's coming off of a couple of good starts in a row. I don't know that we can expect greatness or terribleness from Andrew Heaney. Again, he is just a kind of a wild card, not really somebody that you know what to expect. But at the end of the day, I think you get the strikeouts. I think you get a bad offense against him, and you're playing away from course field with that offense. So I would be willing to use him in probably 12-team leagues, again, depending on your situation. If you're really hoping to preserve your ratios and your strikeouts are already taken care of in a head-to-head format, then there's really no need for Andrew Heaney. If it's the reverse situation, then, well, you might want to think about using an ad on him. 61% rostered right now in Yahoo leagues. But guys, that will wrap it up for the week. I really appreciate all you guys downloading the podcast as usual, liking on Twitter, subscribing, everything. All the support you guys show across the board really does mean a lot. And I want to say thank you. I try to say thank you every episode, but if I haven't recently and you haven't heard it, I really appreciate you, the listener, for helping to make this show what it is. So, Go ahead and check us out over on Twitter if you haven't already at Joe Orico 99 at ethos fantasy BB for all the rest of our content and sportsethos.com where you can get literally everything from fantasy to DFS to wagering team coverage. We got it all. But guys, we'll see you again on Monday. Until then, take care. Have a great weekend and cheers. Cheers.